0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network in New York City on West 35th Street. And we are talking rugby. And with me talking rugby is the resplendent, always powder-blue-eyed Stephen Lewis of Scotland. Stephen, welcome. Good to see you.
1: And you, old friend. It's been too long. It
0: has been too long. We've been out gallivanting, Steve. Between us, we have been covering rugby in the Bush Leagues, and the fancy places, all over the place. Our frequent flyer miles and our, 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 our AAA... Uh, digits are, are astoundingly high.
1: Oh, if I wish, I wish.
0: (laughs) If, if we could always wish for more, I guess, but, uh, it's all been good. Uh, and we're going to talk a little national club sevens, which happens to be in our backyard. But before we do that, I'd like to go back to the, uh, rugby world cup sevens in San Francisco and get your skinny on the event.
1: Sure. Well, obviously, um, biggest event on domestic soil for some time. So the World Cup 7s were in San Francisco, 2018, a fantastic event. So from all optics, from in the eyes of the rugby world, in the eyes of world rugby, actually almost more importantly, um, fan experience, the competition, tremendous success. Over 100,000 people through the turnstiles, fantastic venue, beautiful place, great competition, Uh, format didn't... Pique everyone's interest to begin with, but it was great for the fan, great for the independent. Um, so in, in many ways, a resounding success. And a real um, kudos to the guys at USA Rugby, the worker bees who actually delivered it. Some of the sort of leadership who came in late to salvage it, kudos to them. And above all, to the American rugby community for actually showing up. The showing up thing's interesting, because even though we had 100000 through the gate, we, we didn't make a profit.
0: That's amazing, I think we all knew going in that it was going to be a struggle to make the money there, right because of the the, the venue and the arguable lack of vetting what was what it was going to cost or proper costs and everything else but you know being there, we were both there they couldn't have really hoped for more of a turnout
1: oh fantastic, and as we said the the fact that the American rugby community got behind it and showed up in the numbers they did made this a hopefully a minimal loss rather than a disaster so. This, you've got to look at it positively. Um, the optics were great. We put on an event. USA Rugby put on an event, and it looked good, and it was good. So going forward, that's what you've got to build on. Um, we knew it was going to be difficult financially, and it was less difficult based on that support. So that's a good thing.
0: All right. So you also wear the hat of, aside, aside from male model, um, uh, elite sevens coach, rugby coach. Administrator, you're also a congressman as, as we've talked about many times from the Congress standpoint from the governing body standpoint Not a success or a success?
1: No, same thing. It's a success. I mean it was damage limitation. I mean the fact that they got a hundred thousand people out Limited the financial damage. So again, I can't stress enough. You know, it's not like me, but it's a very positive thing um, from from every perspective Obviously the only disappointing thing, if I could move to that, was the manner in, uh, in which the, the men's team performed in that final game. Um, if you were to look at the, the performance of the two national teams, our women's team, I thought played right up to the very edge of their limit. I thought they played hard, they played well. I was, uh, I was quite impressed by their attitude and their performance. They lost two games, you know, they probably should have lost to Australia and New Zealand in terms of talent. But they didn't, um, they, they played hard, and those were good, close games. So to the American women's team, I think uh, satisfactory tournament. So credit there to Richie Walker and uh, those girls. They did, uh, did an ex- excellent job.
0: The men- but, but i got to ask you, you know, because I get in this conversation with people all the time, the expectations now are high for both the men's and the women's seven <laughs> squads. And again... They are talented, and this is where we can really make an impact in world rankings, but they are still a tier two nation in terms of resources. Right? And So is that a fair expectation to, to beat New Zealand or Australia for the women? And is it a fair expectation for the
1: men really to be higher? Two different things. Um, obviously, there are less women's teams, um, so I would say less tier one women's teams. But we, we are now a tier one women's team. We're ranked fourth or fifth. We finished fourth. Um, France had a great tournament, uh, they went the went second, we could possibly should have picked them, finished up third, but to finish fourth there is um, it's probably in line with talent and resources, I mean our, our, our teams are reasonably well resourced on the women's side of things. Men was a conundrum, I mean they had two absolutely dominant performances against Wales and Scotland in their lime green kit, which should be prohibited henceforth, but um, I mean those were both dominant victories, they played against England, it went sort of toe-to-toe, miracle play at the end of the game by um, Tom Mitchell. In and, extra time. And, and if that hadn't happened, no one would be talking. However, the manner in which we lost the fifth, sixth-place game with Argentina is, is really what t- got tongues wagging. There just seemed to be um, there seemed to be some poor body language. Uh, team chemistry didn't seem to be what it normally is. It's normally a tight group, and certainly tongues were wagging. And what's going to be very interesting is how Mike Friday and Chris Brown, manages, uh, they managed to bounce back from this. Next year is Olympic qualification year. Yeah. So the series is really, really important. Yeah. And it starts whenever it starts, November, December, Dubai, and Cape Town, what have you. So they've got to keep this team together. And that is going to be the challenge, the coaching challenge for those guys, keeping what is it, now a relatively senior squad, an old squad, in terms of age, keeping them together for one last hurrah, one right. tilt at the windmill. And that's we, We've
0: talked about that a couple of times. We've talked about that off camera, and that is going to be a challenge. But uh, the challenge now is that we are kind of out of time for this segment. We have to break for commercial, but we'll be back with more Sevens Talk, the National Club Sevens, right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. Hey everybody, we are back. Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis talking sevens, National Club Sevens now after our Rugby World Cup seven segment. Steven, uh big big deal here in New York City. Nueva York. Eh?
1: Yeah, so we, we just talked about the national team and uh keeping a squad together for the uh, you know the next Olympics two years time from from now. But you know, where are the next generation of players coming from? And one of the players one of the places you look typically is Club National Sevens. So Club National Sevens are back on the East Coast for the first time in about 15 years, not long before, uh, not way, way, way overdue. They're being played at Bakerfield, which is uh, Columbia University, the home of Old Blue. And that's this uh, Saturday, Sunday, 10 and 11 July. And they're playing for the what trophy, Steve? The Emil Cygnus Trophy. No, at the, eh, Mundo. the Emperor, the man who... Um, revolutionized sevens and, and, and actually did a great deal for women's sevens internationally as well as sevens in this country. So he is uh, duly commemorated in this trophy.
0: And that trophy was right here on the set. It's a rather
1: uh, large trophy. So it's, a, it,
0: but it's not, you know, they said it's, the, it's, the, it's a cup, but it's it's attached to the pedestal. So you have this enormous cup. So it's not like the Stanley Cup that you can carry it around and drink from it because it's attached to the pedestal, which has the previous winners on it, right? And... I think somehow we have to we have to work in the a Steve Lewis Award because you're all over Club Sevens and National Sevens. You got your Bulldog Rugby hat in front of you. You they're they're playing it, you know, it's an old blue facility. Old Blue's in it,
1: right? Yep. So where are your allegiances, uh, Steve and Lewis? Well, I think everyone knows I'm a fairly competitive SOB, so I'm a Bulldog Rugby. I think a lot of people know you're an SOB. I didn't know that they knew no, you'd be just, just throw competitive in front of it. I'll take that. But, um, yeah, obviously now I'm coaching them. It's been an interesting summer. It's an experimental summer for Bulldog. So the um, so basically the founders and owners, um, Dave Fisher, Mike Newcomer, and uh, myself decided we want to go a different tack this year. So instead of playing out of New Haven in the northeast as a club, which traditionally they've done, um, we managed to, you know, we, we, we persuaded each other that we ought to invest in young American players. So the team is essentially collegiate players along with, you know, a couple of grizzled veterans. Tim Stanfall, who's player coach and um, <laughs> used to have the worst beard and the worst mullet in rugby, yeah. but he's actually he's playing pretty well this summer. And Mike Nelson, another Seattle guy. But essentially, it's collegiate players. So it's going to be exciting seeing how they cope against um, uh, club players, against grizzled, the grizzled veterans of Old Blue and Belmont Shore, shall we say. What is it with Stanfalls and mullets in rugby? Well, they're not related. I know. Other than having bad... I- Mullet.
0: I don't. You know. It's and, and but, Lou, but Lou, you better Lou, grow
1: it back, Lou. Grow it back, or I'm hunting you down. Yeah, Lou's seen the light, and actually Tim's seen the light too. So they they both have far more acceptable haircuts these days. Well, Lou said, you know,
0: I I got a job. I'm like, so, but now, you know, but he did make an appearance in the M.L.R. this season. Anyway, we 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 digress. We always digress when you're talking to Stanfold. Anyway, uh, last year's winner in the women's side is not in it this year. Seattle Atavis,
1: right? So. You got a favorite in the women's division? I don't. Um, I'm familiar with the New York team because I know, obviously, the coach, Reese Chadwick. I know a lot of the girls from Northeast Academy, and they've had, they've had a good summer, but, you know, have they been tested on the East Coast? Um, Julie McCoy, she's got two teams in ARPTC. Always she's got to watch out always for Always got to watch her. She's a great coach. Joanne Liu with Scion, also a good team. Um that would be Those would be the three, but I wouldn't profess to be an expert on, on women's club sevens this summer. I haven't seen a great deal.
0: All right, imagine, if you will, we're in a situation where you are not affiliated with Bulldog rugby and you are not affiliated with Old Blue. In fact, you're just there as a spectator, an educated spectator. Who would you, and you can't pick Old Blue and you can't pick Bulldog, so I'm going to eliminate that conflict for you. Who's the team to watch or teams for the men's side?
1: Yeah, I think Belmont Shore uh, look pretty useful. Certainly, um, from what I've seen. Um Denver played against them a couple times this summer. They're they're very well coached by Steve Leporter. Always a competitive side. Dallas Reds look intriguing. They you know, they're the self styled dark horses, but they've got some um they've got some talent there as well. Um so I'd probably go for those those three. Maybe the other one is New Orleans. I think New Orleans are under Estimated in sevens. I just know they have Taylor Howden, who's sort of um, He's like, an everyman. Like Tim Stamford, another grizzled yeah. veteran, never, never stops playing. But they've also got Nick Feeks. They've got a guy, Cam Troxler, who I'm interested in seeing because I picked him for the collegiate All-Americans. Um, so New Orleans possibly as well. So those are the four teams I'd pick if I wasn't picking Bulldog Rugby or Old Blue. So
0: there's 32 teams, 16 uh, 16- Men's teams, 16 women's teams. We mentioned last year's women's champion is not in it. Uh, last year's men's champion is not, in, not in, it. in it either. So it's pretty cool that we
1: have either this much more competition. Do you think that's? No, fun? absolutely not. I think uh, this year is a very odd year in Club 7s, and I think it's a down year. Oh, even, even before the tournament starts. You have, you've had the MLR, which is a fantastic thing. But what that's done is um, it's probably prevented about 140, 120, I would say, players participating sevens, different clubs of different focus. 120? Uh, yeah, probably. So, um, so I think the standard's going to be down a little bit, which potentially could make it a more interesting competition, right? It could be, I think it's more wide open. Um, I just think it's, um, it's just an odd year. I mean. So do you think it's, it's a, is it a contract issue? Players not to be playing in this. Partly that, and partly the season ended fairly late, so a lot of guys didn't uh, weren't able to transition to sevens without a decent break. There was also some waiver issues, um, so I was involved in a lot of these waiver uh, eligibility decisions. And you know, there there are deadlines and there are cutoffs, and in order to retain the integrity of the club sevens competition, you have to have deadlines. You can't have people just loading up the week before and saying we want to play for team X. So I, th- I think it's an odd year, and I think um, the standard may be down, but it could, it could be a, a, an interesting tournament in, in many ways because I, I think it's wide open.
0: See, you see it as a down year, and I understand that, but I'm always the glass full guy, and I'm going to say, well, the opportunity of, that is lost by these, of, of not having the MLR players that might have been in the in the, in the the tournament uh, is also an opportunity for other players to get their name on the radar, get some exposure, and it also means that we have more players involved in
1: more competitions across the board, which can help, right? Sure. More than hurt. Absolutely. And there are very, very few opportunities for players to uh, stake a claim, to put their hands up. You know, Club Sevens is one. Uh, Two weeks later, Rugby Town Sevens and Glendale is another. Um, The ODA system is is sort of creaking. You know, Northeast aren't as active as they were. Tiger are just getting active again. So Club Sevens actually fills an important place on the um, opportunity you know, ladder. As so were. why
0: were these academies, um, where were they? Why, why
1: was why are they just getting up to speed again? That's, it's mostly funding. So, you know, most of the, not most of the good things that happened, but in, in Sevens for a while there, it was mostly privately funded. So, for instance, Paul Holmes, James Walker with Tiger. Right. David Fisher, Mike Newcomer with Bulldog. Um, Northeast Academy through the, Empire Union, and the uh, New England Union. But um, funding gets tighter, things get squeezed, and uh, there's, there's less opportunity for players. And unfortunately, the National Union is not really in a position to um, step in there and, and provide that. All right. really,
0: As a congressman, do you think that's going to change?
1: Not in the immediate future. You know, we're, we're, we're in Hock. Yeah. We're, in, we'll, we're we'll, strapped right now. We're strapped.
0: Um, I guess, you know, it's pretty cool that it's in New York City, number one. Fantastic. Right? Columbia is a great facility. If you can make it here. You can't make it anywhere, folks. Well you can. You can make it here. Now, but so just but also it's on Flow Rugby. So it'll be live streamed. Um people can watch.
1: Athletes getting exposure, male and female. Yeah, I think mean, a bunch of kids coming from like Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. D C yeah. Irvine, California. They're going to have dinner at Carmine's on 91st Street on Friday night and then take the subway to a national tournament on a Saturday. They don't know this yet, but they're getting a taste of New York. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. As well as the rugby. Subways? Yeah, absolutely. Right to the right. All, right the, to Columbia. all the way That's there. 215th. Walk the last
0: two blocks. You haven't you haven't lived, ladies and gentlemen, until you've taken the subway, which is not bad up to Columbia. And it's a short walk, but it's,
1: you know doing it for years it's uh
0: we've survived so don't believe the hype it's all good it's all good it's going to be a great tournament uh, it's exciting I'm going to be up there as much as possible uh, I know that you'll be there um but how do we how do we fix a match <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's uh no matches will get fixed I don't it's, kidding it would
0: it's, it's, be pretty blatant if you fix it but you know sevens you guys you, you put all this work in
1: and then it's over in an eye blink right well, that's the thing with seven. sevens. Sevens, uh, I always refer to it, sevens is a cruel mistress. You know, one, uh, one bounce of the ball, one interception, one bad decision, one refereeing decision. A lot of things can happen. You know, in 15s, the best team wins 90% of the time. In sevens, it's not the case. Are you blaming referees for, for any potential? N- not at all. i
0: would be really out of character for you ahead of a match. No, not at all. Okay. And the format, should we change it to the one-off like the World Cup sevens?
1: No, I don't think so. I think this is a good format. I think it allows you to misfire once on day one and still recover and come through and improve as the tournament goes on. Um, with, this full, with this pool format, three games in the first day, so you can win two and go through, and the key game is the first game on day two, the first game on Sunday. That's quarterfinal. The, the World Cup thing was just like, uh, that, yeah. was, that was brutal. Uh, it was crazy. Yep. I, I,
0: it was interesting because Ben Ryan on camera, said that he was in favor of it. Mike Friday, on camera, thought it was absurd. No, so you have... You-
1: well, one was coaching in the tournament, one
0: wasn't. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, but Steve, uh, we're basically out of time. Final thoughts
1: on club National, uh, National Club Sevens. It's a fantastic weekend. So it's nonstop action, 10 o'clock in the morning till probably 6, 6.30 or so at night, both days. It's going to be some great rugby, <clears throat> some good um, performances, strong local teams and why wouldn't you go? What else are you doing? What else are you doing this weekend?
0: All right, I'm going to go out on the limb here, and I'm going to pick the New York Rugby Club to win the women's division, coached by Daniel Steele, novel um, cover man, Richard Chadwick. Uh, How do you think about that? You like that?
1: Sure, I I think there'll be a contender, yeah. I think there'll be top four.
0: He's not picking, he's not going out on the limb that I just went out on there. I want everybody to know that he's not going along with New York Rugby Club. Because he's an old blue guy. And on that note, on behalf of my friend, my powder blue-eyed friend, Steve Lewis, Matt McCarthy, at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, talking rugby, but signing off for now.